Hello and welcome to episode 223 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Dancing for Diabetes, Omnipod, Dexcom, and Real Good Foods. There are links to all of the advertisers in the show notes of your podcast app at juiceboxpodcast.com. And by now I'm hoping stuck in your head because I've done this a bunch of times. For more information about Omnipod, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. And to find out about Dexcom, you can go to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Dancing for Diabetes is at dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. And at realgoodfoods.com, you can save 20% on your entire order by using the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. I have a lot I have to say during the music, so let me get right to it. Nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your medical plan or becoming bold with insulin. And later in this episode, during the Dancing for Diabetes ad, you don't want to miss it because they are announcing a giveaway. And what are they giving away? A phone call with me where you can talk about whatever you want. So stay tuned for that. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Allison, Johnny's mom. She's a person who I spoke to on the phone a long time ago and uh, sort of did the podcast for her privately, it seems like. And this is going to be a little follow-up. We're going to find out about their lives and see how they're doing since she and I spoke. My name is Allison. I have a almost nine-year-old boy who has type 1. He has had type 1 for just about four and a half years. So we are kind of at this point where he has had it half of his life and half not because he's um just about to turn nine and he is an amazing boy named johnny was johnny in kindergarten when it happened no so johnny was finishing up preschool um he was registered for pre-kindergarten because here in california you have to have a september birthday and he's november so it was so he's had his whole time in elementary school he's had it that's actually, I would think, better. So did you did you sort of, did you leave him in preschool? Did you bring him back home? What did you do during the diagnosis time for that? You know, it happened Mother's Day weekend. Um, so he had about a month of school left for preschool, and we weren't quite sure what to do because um, I called the preschool director, and I said, you know, here's what's happened. And they said, you know, um, like they had to meet with their board because they're part of a church to see if they were willing to take on the risk. Um, but they, you know, they, Johnny had been there since we were doing baby and me. So they just adored him. They wanted to do what they could. I am, I also had a little one at the time who wasn't even, I think he had just turned two. Um, so the director, like, you know, we met and she learned finger pricks and we're like, all right, let's just wing this. I mean, I, kind of remember your stories where you said you sat in the parking lot mm -hmm. with Arden and I kind of did the same thing with Johnny. I would just, I'd go and be like, all right, let's, you know, let's see what happens. And I'd get calls from the director, you know, he's crying. We think he's like low. And I'd go over there and he's like 400. <laughs> um, and I was like, mm, not low. <laughs> um, but, you know, but we got through it. Did their fear outweigh their understanding? Do you think? You know, it was interesting. You know, I, you know, several of the people who, when we had the meeting with the faculty, were like, "Oh, we have our, you know, my parents are type two, and so I know all about this." And it was like, you know, we were still no one in our family has type one. Right. Um, so for us, we were like, we don't know. You know, at the time, we didn't even know much of the difference between type one and type two. And we we're like, great, you know something. You know, I think 
they loved my son and they wanted to do what they could. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. And I think he had like, he was only going three days a week. Right. So, and he didn't have a Dexcom. He wasn't on a pump. Um, so we, you know, we made for the whole world, I mean, our whole world changed like everyone's does. And we just, we made the best of it for that month. Um, and then we brought him home for the summer. You didn't have any real context. So anybody who, who offered up, I know, don't worry. You were like, oh, thank God there's someone around me that understands this. It, it is an interesting position to be in. Why do you think you, you had such a limited understanding in the beginning? Was it just like, did your doctors not explain things in a certain way? Because it's an interesting thing to say that I wasn't even, I was still confused between type one and type two. Well, it was weird. So, I mean, you know, the whole, the whole day when he was diagnosed was so weird and even leading up to it because both my children about three months before had strep throat Mm -hmm. and my little one bounced back immediately. But Johnny, he was four at the time. He went like through two rounds of antibiotics. And what's weird is the night he was diagnosed with the strep, he started having potty accidents which was like nothing, you know, and, and for the whole month. And like, he started having the thirst and like going to the bathroom all the time. And I actually, his pediatrician tested his blood sugar during that time. And it was like 70. Okay. So, you know, going into like when, and after three months of just this continuous behavior, when I took him back to the pediatrician, I'm like, look, there's something wrong here. And when they finger pricked him, he was 330. And there goes Johnny's meter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And you know, but the pediatrician was like, oh, you know, I, they gave me the devastating news. He had type two, type one and, right. you know, I'm crying and they have to take my kids out of the room. And they're like, you know, we're going to send you to an endocrinologist. They're going to tell you about food. They're going to give you some insulin and send you home. I was like, you know, okay. I call my husband. You know, my mother is an RN nurse. So she came, my best friend is a pediatrician. So like everyone met us at the pediatric endocrinologist and he, suddenly he's throwing, you must go to the ER. Your life is changing. Like he was so serious and scary that we couldn't comprehend anything anyone was saying. So I tell you every week, go to dancingfordiabetes.com and you really should support them and check them out on Facebook and Instagram and everything. And a lot of you do, which I appreciate, but I just wanted to do more for them. So in May, I'm actually going down to speak at one of their events and we were trying to figure out a way that I could help them, you know, fundraise. Here's what we decided. Dancing for Diabetes and I have teamed up to give away to not only the people attending the conference, but to you, the listeners of the Juice Box Podcast, an opportunity to speak with me. So if you would like a chance to chat with me one-on-one, I'll be conducting two 45-minute phone calls or Skype, you know, FaceTime, whatever you got, as well as one big one-hour call that includes a 30-minute follow-up. So there's three calls in there, two 45-minute calls, one one one-hour call that includes a 30-minute follow-up. That's three opportunities to ask me anything you want. Talk about whatever's on your mind. So while I'm at the Dancing for Diabetes event on May 18th, I'm actually going to choose the winners at random before I leave the conference. To have your name included in this opportunity, go to dancingfordiabetes.com and click on the Donate Today button between now and May 17th. There's a suggested donation of $10, but I don't think Dancing for Diabetes is going to get upset if you donate more. And all you have to do is be sure to mention juice box in the notes of your donation. Those of you who do not have internet access, although I don't know how you would get this podcast without it, or if you have an inability to make a donation, you can mail your name to Dancing for Diabetes. Go to their website for their contact information. I hope to see everyone at the conference in Orlando, but if you can't make it, this really is a wonderful way to pick my brain. 
We can talk about the Avengers movie or Brexit, whatever you want. Even, you know, diabetes. He was so serious and scary that we couldn't comprehend anything anyone was saying. You got you got flipped out and you were just like, you, yeah, I hear that. Like, I feel like it happened to me. My wife was just retelling a story the other day about uh, when my daughter was diagnosed and they came into the room to teach me how to teach us how to carb count. And there was like some fairly simple mathematical equation that had to do with fractions and everything. And five minutes into it, my wife's like, you just started to cry. And I was like, I, I was like, I don't understand. I was like, oh my God, I don't understand seventh grade math all of a sudden. You, you, you know, like it really just shut well, my brain. My, my background, I work in finance, but <laughs> I couldn't get the math. Like I, my brain was on shutdown of my right. poor son. Like I, you know, luckily my husband, he's, you know, he's got a physics degree. And so he had to kind of take over at that point because I remember just crying when we brought Johnny home and I was like, I can't do two plus two. Like I just, you got lost. I, yeah. I, you know, but the hospital was so scary because they were like, you know, the nurses, he's in the picky and the nurses are like, okay, you have to figure, they brought a tray of food. And they're like, you have to count these carbs. <laughs> and we're like, what are you talking about? And then they're also like, your son cannot leave the hospital until you and every single person who comes in contact with him mm-hmm. can count carbs and give shots. Yeah. It would just take a tiny bit of, uh, I know they don't have the time probably, but it would take the tiniest bit of compassion during yes. during those conversations to really make a huge difference, you know? Well, yeah, and it's weird as well. He was, I mean, he was one of the first to come to PICU. While he was in the PICU, two kids came in DKA. And they're like, the nurses are like, yeah, luckily he wasn't like them. <laughs> Isn't that great? When you look <laughs> back like, now, um, when you okay. look back now, don't you wish you were like you now so you could be like, hey, why don't you go to hell? You know, like, like why are you talking to me like that? Like, I don't, I did you feel, do you in hindsight feel like like that was not valuable, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. at one point, my husband, he had called, we called in, um, all of our parents are divorced and remarried. So we called in every grandparent. So we had people from all over the state come. Um, my sister came, our nanny came, everyone came to the hospital and spent two days learning how to take care of Johnny. Okay. And at one point, I guess the doctor had come into the PICU and because we weren't there, he got all upset. And when we finally went back, he was like, yeah, you weren't here for me. So I'm not here for you. And he left. The doctor did that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't see him anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, where are you? Where are you? Are you like seven miles off the shore in California? <laughs> you would think, you know, it was, it was a very rough start. Fortunately, I learned as we were learning all this, that a dear friend from high school is an endocrinologist mm-hmm. and he sees kids. So that has changed everything for us. Like we ditched the other doctor, we moved to him and it's been an amazing experience yeah. since then because we get the comforting support we need. I'm always interested when I look at, I was just looking today at the map of where everyone listens at, like all of you guys listen from. And it's so global. It's incredible, right? There are very yeah. few, there are very few countries that don't download this podcast, which is, is really something I was contacted two days ago by a woman in Australia who's like, can you come here and speak to my group? And I was like, uh, yeah, I, I guess, sure. You, you know, like if you help me work it out, I've never been to Australia before, but I would love to ride on a plane for 19 hours. And, um, but, but, but my point is that there's places, you know, that listeners come from everywhere, but a disproportionate amount of Californians listen to the show. Really? So I know the state is obviously much larger but it the numbers still don't bear out. It, it's there's m- more people listen, I guess, per capita in California than almost every other state in the U.S. It's really it's really interesting. I I'd never I'm never going to figure out why. 
I, well, you know, it's weird. When Johnny was diagnosed, um, the endocrinologist said that where we are living, there had been in the last year a 30% increase in children develop, developing type 1. Oh, wow. Oh. And a lot of them were not hereditary. Maybe that's my answer. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, not hereditary in a way that you can see when you look back. Historically. Right. So what is your history? No one. How about other I mean, endocrine issues, hypothyroidism, nope, celiac? Nothing. nothing. This is like our, no, this is our first. I mean, we have, you know, our parents are like possibly type two, you know, but yeah, not nothing. Thing. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Interesting. Well, you're just, you and your husband are just the lucky combination, I guess. <laughs> yes, we got super lucky with this. You know, and at least, I'll tell you this, at least Johnny's amazing. He handles it. I could not have asked better. I mean, I have parents who come up to me and they're like shot of just, how mature he handles it. And I think it's, he doesn't remember life before it. Yeah. I I do wonder sometimes, I don't think Arden has a perspective at all prior to diabetes. I I know. And it makes me a little sad, but it's, I, he takes it with just, he just does. It's, he's a normal kid and diabetes comes along with it. Be sad if you want to be, but I can remember not being married and that just makes me sadder. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember getting sleep vaguely. (laughs) Exactly. Those things I remember a little too well. How's that? Like five minutes by myself. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, so Johnny is diagnosed. You said in the very beginning, obviously, there was no, how soon till someone mentioned to you, do you guys want to do pens or a pump or like, when did it start becoming less people yelling at you and more kind of calm and decisions being like, made? It's hard to, you know, it's hard. It's like, I just, I do remember the craziness in the hospital. I mean, I remember, you know, my husband, I think my husband and my mom were with them to get him all stuff. And then nurses are like, okay, you have to call the insurance and your insurance, you have to figure out which meter they cover, which pen they cover. I'm like, what's a pen? Like I, yeah. so they had us. You know, and it's like everyone else's story. They had us leave the hospital with one bottle of Lantus, one bottle of Hemolog, a bag of syringes. And they're like, go to your pharmacy on your way home, pick up a pen, pick up, you know, if we're like, okay. Um, that, you know, it was trying, you know, that summer, it, it was, it was like trying to figure out how to get all this together, how to, you know, I had to sit on him I, at four years old. I had to chase him around the house and sit on him to give him his shots. Mm-hmm. Because I can't blame him. He didn't want them. Yep. Um, um, it was it just, it was a rough time, you know, getting the car counting, you know, and then also like I had to cancel all of his summer camps because he, um, I worked from home at the time I worked part time, but there were, all of them were like, we're sorry, we don't have a medical team who can watch him. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know what to do. And listen, no. in fairness, you didn't know what to do either. So it was, oh, yeah. yeah. Right. So you, it's you hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's diff- it's very difficult to be upset at somebody for not understanding your disease. I oh, mean, no. I even I sit here now and I realize I understand this, but you know, I'm sure there's any number of things that other people are living with I would have no frame of reference for whatsoever. So, it's it's just it's under it's and with a 4-year-old going okay. to be a 5 like, "Hey, can I drop my kid off with this insulin that might kill him if you do it wrong and by the way i'm not 100 sure how to use it and good luck you know like and you wouldn't put him in that situation to begin with no and and you know and we were hearing terms like an insulin pod but we didn't know one was we had not heard of a dexcom yet today we had a little bit of a waffle catastrophe arden chose waffles for breakfast and my wife pre-bullist for them she wasn't sure how much exactly to do and she was about to ask me but she got some units moving you know at the right time. Just get some momentum going on the insulin side, like you hear us talk about here on the podcast. Anyway, a second or two later, she texts me and she says, hey, Arden chose waffles. This is what I did. What else should we do? 
And I said, oh gosh, the pump's about to run out of insulin. I was going to change it this morning. I would have changed it before the waffles had I known. But no matter, I'll come down and do it now. Came downstairs, changed the pump. Waffles are already in the, you know, being warmed up. We throw in the new pump, put in more insulin, you know, change some basal rates, kind of ramp them up a little bit. But now the question is, right, this is a new pump. It's a new site. Is it going to work? Well, I don't know. But, you know, we already promised the waffles. And how do we keep on top of this? Well, the answer is simple. Dexcom. All I did was watch the data coming back from the Dexcom and adjusted appropriately. We got through this waffle catastrophe, if you want to call it that. How about with a blood sugar that never went over 170? I'm looking at it right now to make sure I give you the right number. That included me leaving the house and going somewhere and continuing to manage this remotely. How did I do that? Because Dexcom has share and follow. And I have an iPhone. Actually, if I had an Android, it would work as well. So I was able to see Arden's blood sugar while I wasn't in the house, continue to make adjustments to her insulin based on the information coming back from the Dexcom. We got waffles, got through a whole pump change, a pump change in the middle of a waffle meal. I want you to let that soak in. Never over 170, got it right back down hour and a half later with Dexcom. Let me see you do that without Dexcom. Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or the links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com to get started today. These were my results. Yours may vary. We were talking about like, we, you know, the old endocrinologists were like, okay, what should we be doing next? You got to get this right first. And we were like, okay, you know, thank goodness two things happened. Um, my husband's cousin had a friend who had a daughter who was type one. So she allowed me to call her and email her all hours of the night. When I had questions like the night we gave him way too much insulin when he was going to have some s'mores and we were afraid he was going to crash and goes too low, super low. Yeah. Um, I was nervous to call the school he was going to go to the elementary school because this, you know, everything had changed from when I registered him and we got the most amazing health clerk who was like, you know what? Hey, we have a, we have two type ones here. And one of the moms has said, if another mom ever calls, give the number. So over that summer, I met this mom who had a son who was, I think in second grade and she had a son who was going to be in my son's um, pre-K class. So I got to connect with another family and that helped the transition. I had two sources of people I could go to when I was super overwhelmed. Isn't that great? You had your own little personal, like three person community. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's excellent. It, it's so needed. It's as I sit here and think about what I'm going to do tomorrow, I had to, um, I'm giving a talk tomorrow. So I had to, I had to pare my thoughts down because we're going to do We're going to do the podcast live for the first time. Oh, I saw so, that. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, a half an hour of the podcast in a conversation, and then it's going to transition into more talking about management stuff. So I had to really pare it down, and I got it down to like five, like you know, simple thoughts. And one of them that I couldn't remove as I was looking through what I thought was important was was a sense of community, somebody to reach to. Yeah. You know, it's just I don't see how. I mean, it's just so much easier when when that exists because look at you, you were willing to listen to. A person working at a preschool who said, I have, I know somebody with type 2 diabetes. There was a moment in your life where you were like, you are the source of all knowledge. <gasps> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I, like, at least I had, you know, I had also with my mom being here was a nurse. She had at least a little experience, mm -hmm. not too much with diabetes. And at least I also had a friend, my friend's a pediatric cardiologist. So again, it was like I, they had snippets, but they didn't want to to advise because they're like, this is not our expertise. Yeah. And what that, and that's a very polite doctor way of saying, I really don't know what you're talking about that yeah. much. I, I, I went through medical school and we read about this. That's pretty yeah. much what they, what they get. And so, you know, it is what it is. 
Um, exactly. It gets a little more confusing when it's your endocrinologist who doesn't seem to understand or, or says what they yeah. said to you. Like, when, like, like think about it. You, I heard you say there was a moment where you thought, we're ready to find out what else there is. And they told you no. Yeah. Like, just they stop. Told, yeah. And that's, what is that, four years ago, right? It was four years ago. Yeah, just a little, four and a half. And my husband and I were talking today. Like, I even remember going in at one point to, the, to his office. He, you know, he was the lead endocrinologist in this area. And, you know, first of all, super too many patients, too little time. He was so busy. He sent some sub-doctor who, like, changed all of my son's numbers. And we were already weren't understanding. He was in the honeymoon phase. We weren't understanding what to do. Yeah. And this new doctor comes in and is like, you're doing everything wrong. Do it this way. And his numbers were atrocious based on this. He fixed it real good, did he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He fixed it real good. <laughs> so where, So this is interesting. Where were you when he said this is not – you're not doing well? Like what do you what, – what did that mean? But, you know, average blood sugar failing. and stuff like that. I, I felt for years like I was failing all this. Um, I felt like, you know, every A1C test I dreaded with a pit in my stomach because it was a report card. And there's my big fat F when my son's A1C was not where I wanted it to be. He was on, I mean, one of the first podcasts I think I listened to of yours was the roller coaster and it just made me cry. Um, because I just, it was, it, we just, we thought we would get this, my husband and I, and then we would just lose the control. So let me tell you what I told Rosa on the phone last night. Rosa, if you're listening, hello. I was speaking to Rosa and her 22-year-old daughter because I just happened to be online yesterday and I saw somebody put a graph online that looked like jagged teeth from a pumpkin. It just went from 60 to 400 to 60 to 400, like up and down, up and down all day long. And it made me sad. I didn't, I didn't know them. And I just, I had some extra time yesterday and I reached out. I was like, if you have any interest reach out. And Rosa actually called and I joked with her. I said, um, I said, well, this is how desperate you are. You've called a stranger on the phone about a health <laughs> situation. But, but the, I guess my point is, is that I ended up saying to her the same thing I'm going to say to you, which isn't it amazing that somebody is willing to give you no tools, no understanding, no instructions, and then have the nerve to tell you, Hey, you're doing this wrong. Oh yeah. It's fascinating. It, like, Cause there was no, he had no CDE. Right. So there was no one, he had no nutritionist. He, I mean, it was, we were just trying, you know, suddenly it was like, well, do we ban all foods? Yeah. And some of this even, I mean, this transitioned also into when we saw, we switched to seeing my friend, my old high school friend for, as an endocrinologist, you know, as, as we still couldn't get the control and he kept trying to talk, you know, Johnny was on, Johnny's been on shots only up. He's only gone on an Omnipod about a year and a half ago. Okay. So we, so for the first two and a half years we were doing shots and we kept asking, we're like, what are we doing wrong? He's like, well, you need to pre-bolus, but you got to figure it out. And we were like, you know, should we do low carb? He's like, at least on one piece of advice I got with the low carb, he said is, look, you could do that, but I'll tell you right now, when your kid's a teenager, he's going to rebel and eat everything under the sun. And then you're going to have a real problem on your hands. I just think then you, you, you're going to lack the understanding of how to, in the end, it's all just understanding how the insulin works. It's such a, I, as I was explaining it last night, on the phone to a person who I'd never spoken to before. And I was sort of with an eye on thinking about this conversation. I'm going to have this speech. I'm going to have to give on Sunday. I was just thinking, I was like, wow, it really is. As long as I've been doing this podcast, the absolute core of the truth is that this whole thing is about the timing and amount of your insulin and understanding how it works. Like it really, everything else grows from that seed. 
If you yeah. don't, if you don't understand that, the rest of it is just you know the person on the phone was like, well, what about temp basils and what about extended bolus? It's like, yeah, that stuff's all incredibly valuable. I'm like, but you're so lost at this point. You just have to start over. You have to just yeah. scrub it down to nothing and and start with, let's figure out how long it takes your insulin to work in your body, and then we'll work on pre-bolusing, and then you can start working on adjusting amounts and pre-bolus times and until you can kind of kill the spikes completely. I was like, and from there, these other ideas will grow. But you can't, you can't turn to page 84 when you don't understand the first, you know, 83 pages and just go, I'd like to get to the advanced stuff now. But the problem is, is that somebody said to them, you know, I think you could use an extended bolus there. And then they don't know they're stuck in the same spot you're at. They're, they're talking to the lady at the preschool who's like, mm-hmm. I know somebody with type two. And you're like, all right, well, you know more than me. You're in charge now. And so, well, and you, that, know, you know. Well, and that's what's even funny is even when, you know, we let Johnny decide when he wanted to go on a pump. He fought us for the first couple of years. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm not going to stick something on you. If you're not willing, you know, you need to be a part of this conversation. You are so California. <laughs> you bring that kid out here. I'd be like, hey, this is a pump. He'd be like, I don't want to be like, doesn't matter. It's stuck the arty. You're good. And <laughs> here's a hundred dollars. Make it go away. <laughs> well, you know, and that's what I felt like he got, he got this, he got a bum rap. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, for the first few years, didn't have much say. He didn't have say when we had to stick him, sure, all sure. that kind of stuff. And he came to us about, I guess it was a year and a half ago. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. And we're like, okay. So I was at least, you know, I was on the forums and I was on the Facebook pages. So I'm like, so I knew all this terminology. And when we went with the Omnipod people, I was like, all right, how about temp basil and extended? They're like, well, we're going to teach you the basics. I'm like, well, no, I don't want the basics. I need to, if we're going to do this, I'm jumping all in. Right. And even they were like, yeah, congratulations. You know the words, <laughs> but we're not going to teach you it. <laughs> so here's what I think it is. And if I'm going to, so two things, first of all, I was mainly joking. I think what you did with letting him come into it on his own, I think that's an incredibly smart idea. I'm probably not a very good parent. Uh, but I, I grew up on the East Coast, so I, nobody really ever took my thoughts into account as a child. So I have a limited understanding of my kids' thoughts. Although, you know one mistake, not to get sidetracked too long, but this is a absolute generality that, that will be true for everybody. Never let your kids decide the restaurant. It just, it's, oh, gosh, a, it's no. a horrible thing. You don't, you're like, where do you want to go? And the next thing you know, you're like, I would just, uh, let's not eat. Anyway, uh, going back to what I was saying, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just had that happen the other night where we're all sitting in the car looking at each other. And my thought was, why don't I just go back in the house? We're never leaving this place. Oh, see, now, if you had that conversation with my little one, it's always Taco Bell. Uh-huh. And he refuses to go anyplace else. Oh, I like that he's got to go to. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, a- anyway, um, so seriously, I think you, you know, I think the way you handled it is amazing. I think that the the larger problem with when you ask people can you tell me about this can you tell me about that i think everyone that's why i always tell people when somebody says no ask them why because i think you'll find most of the time they don't have an answer to why when your doctor when you say hey i'd like an insulin pump they go no how come well you don't know enough yet why then there's never an answer you just have to figure this out those are very vague in specific statements you have to figure this out. You have to figure out pre-bolusing. You, th- that's somebody, that's code for, I don't know what to tell you. And, yeah. or, or everyone's different and I don't want to tell you something I know works for me that doesn't work for you. That's just another variation of, you know, oh, that's just diabetes. And I think that the one thing this podcast has done for me and for anybody listening is proven that that, that initial statement of timing and amount, that's true for everybody. Well, and I agree with that because I only learned about your podcast probably in March. I was, I was on, I finally saw someone post, I don't know, one of your episodes in one of the diabetes groups. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, okay, let me listen to this. And I remember going for a walk, a couple walks listening and just coming home in tears. Cause I was like, wow, we are just messing things up. And I, over Easter, I remember having my husband, I'm like, okay, we're going to listen to a couple. And the first ones we listened to were, I think it was someone from Dexcom about the G6 that was coming out and someone about Omnipod that was about the dash. And that, those convinced my husband, he turned around and he was like, okay, what are we going to do? So then I reached out to you and you called me and we talked and from, I think it was like early April from that point on, my husband were like, okay, we're throwing everything we're doing out the window and we're going to start over and we're going to really figure this out. And it has been now an amazing seven months. Oh my God. This is so embarrassing. I remember the conversation with you just now that you said it, but not prior to us starting to talk. (laughs) No, I'm so sorry. I, I, I just, I just had a whole wash. I completely remember talking to you back then. And I, and it was the time of year because I was outside talking to yeah. you. It was so nice out and like, oh my God. Yeah. And yeah. you, and you were super enthusiastic at the time. And I talked, I must've had a ton of free time because I went on at length. I, oh, I took I, notes. I, I, you're delightful. <laughs> thank you. And I know I did. And I remember when you hung up the phone thinking these people are going to do okay. So I, if I had a drum roll here, I would do it, but I don't have one. So how did it go? It, it was okay. So April was rough. Like I was in tears a lot because I just, I feel like, you know, I, we were in this place where like, why can't we just get this? And we would try things and he would go super high or super low. And the school was really fighting us because he was only on a G4. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, I'm sorry, he's not FDA approved to do it himself. So every time you want to do something, you either have to go to the school or we're going to have to go get him. And he was still missing school. And we were like, this is what we're trying to avoid. Like we're fighting to avoid this. And I remember that was one thing you even, and I even talked about was like how did the administration and what to do. And so we struggled through April and we, um, and even it was interesting, like even his first A1C, we were like, after like even a month, we were like, wow, okay, there's a difference. And then so you could see the difference in the first month, even though it felt like a struggle. Yeah. Because his A1C went from like 6.5, Four in January down to 5.9. Oh, okay. So what I would say to anybody, by the way, th- those are great numbers to begin with, but but I, I, I what I would say to anybody is that just the same thing, again, I said to Rose last night, I was like, when you first start this, this is starting over. Like things aren't yeah. going to make sense. I'm like, you just have to stick to these basic tenets until they start making sense to you. And, and I do get worried sometimes that people might bail a little early on it, but for the most part, I think that you see enough, enough improvement in that early going that it makes the rough part rough. And it is my assumption. I, I hope people believe me when, when, when they, when I say this is that I have no idea how it went for you after you and I talked, and we're going to find out over this next 30 minutes. You know, most old people will think that the first cliffhanger in television was on Dallas with the who shot JR thing, but it was actually the year before on soap, but this is my own little cliffhanger right here. I'm going to make it simple for you. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box to get started today with the world's only tubeless insulin pump. It's the insulin pump that Arden has been using since she was four years old every day. She's going to be 15 this summer. Arden's A1C has been between 5.2 and 6.2 for five years on the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. These things alone, plus my heartfelt endorsement, should really be enough for you to try at least the free demo of the Omnipod. I mean, there's nothing for you to do. No money changes hands. You have not made a promise to continue when you do this. You just go to the link, which you can find, of course, at juiceboxpodcast.com or in the links of the podcast player that you're listening to right now in those show notes there. That's going to take you to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, and you're going to get yourself a pod experience kit, a peck. 
Omnipod is going to be thrilled to send you an absolutely free, no obligation demo of their product that you can actually try on and wear. And here's what's going to happen when you do. You're going to put it on. You're going to forget it's on because it's freaking amazing. And then you're going to call Omnipod back up and say, yo, I really would like to try using the Omnipod. Can you help me get started? And they're going to say, of course, and that's going to be that. I mean, no cliffhanger here. You're going to enjoy it. And the rest of this ad is the fault of the person that emailed me and said you should sing more. Get yourself an Omnipod. It's a tubeless insulin pump. You're gonna love it. MyOmnipod.com forward slash the juice box. Well, just blame the person that emailed. I didn't want to do it. My assumption is that first time is, is rough. You start seeing a little bit of improvement. gives you a little bit of hope. You keep, then you start honing things. And it gets easier and easier to the point where I hate, I hate to say it like, so like it's trite, but diabetes takes up a very small part of my day and, and I don't spend a lot of time with it. You know, Arden has been in a really weird place in the last few months where she's growing and, and it's, you know, it's been as difficult. I told our endo the other day, this has been as difficult a three month period as I've ever experienced since I figured out all this stuff. And still her A1C was 5'6". That's amazing. All I did was diabetes just got more aggressive with us, and I just got more aggressive back with it. There were days where she had 50% increases in her basal rate all day. Last week, Arden had pancakes. So even in the middle of me knowing that she's been using more insulin than you know than normal, I, I don't relent. She said, um, can I have pancakes? She got a head cold. She wants pancakes. Her blood sugar is really rough. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you what, those pancakes, which I think should have taken about 12 or 13 units of insulin, took 23 units. Oh, my goodness. It was insane. And I just kept going and kept going and pushing and pushing and pushing. I, I, I stayed to what I knew would work, even though it seemed insane while I was doing it. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. So after that first oh. month, you saw that A1C and, and how'd it go? And, you know, and it, like I said, it was, it was okay, but I mean, we were so frustrated. We were, my husband's like, call him, we'll pay and fly him out here because it was like, we kept feeling like we're doing something wrong. If we show you our numbers, you'll get it. And we we're like, no, okay, we, we're yeah, going to get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we need to get this. You know, it was, it, it was a little hard with some resistance from the school. Our endo, we also saw our endo around that time and we were telling him like, we're redoing everything. And he was cautiously optimistic. He's like, let's. He goes, I'm, he goes, just, you got to get the timing down. You got to get, cause he, Johnny was hypo unaware for a very long time. And he's like, you got to get those lows out of there. Right. You just, um, How low? he would kick it down to the forties or fifties. Yeah. Oh, that's low. Yeah. Yeah. And it's too much insulin. And he has, you know, you, and oftentimes he would be functioning just fine at 40. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, okay, but may start to be the turnaround. Um, he no longer, because we were keeping things stable, he didn't feel gross. He didn't have headaches. He didn't have stomach aches. I didn't have to pick him up early from school. Um, we, and it was, it was actually, it was good timing that we had done all this because as we got through the middle of May, something was kind of going on, changing with him. And we were starting to see the effects of adrenaline, Okay. but we didn't understand it because suddenly he was getting like his blood sugar was going up with baseball playoffs. Right. And his blood sugar was going off with um, presentations at school. And, you know, we learned, like, we, we thought they were, we thought we were doing something wrong and we would give a whole bunch of insulin. And then as soon as he the nerves were gone, yeah. he'd crash. Right, right. So, but we were like, okay, since we had stability, more stability going into that, we then better understood things. So at least now 
we had, you know, we had better trend lines. He was feeling better. Um, you know, we, I pushed as soon as I knew that the G6 was coming out, I was pushing for it. Cause the school was like, you can't, he, cause we wanted him to treat, take care of himself come third grade. And they're like, unless he's on the G6 and your doctor signs off, we're not going to let him. Really? How, what, so you were on the four at that point? Yeah. And, and what was the, what was their basis for that? Was it your how your five hundred four plan was worded? You said well, FDA G, earlier, so I yeah. Sure. Well, no, the G the G four was not FDA approved for dosing off of. Oh, and be, and your school knew that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Jeez, I don't like yeah. people who know too much. That's uh, that's uh, something else. I have to uh, ring Arden's phone and try to get her. She's killing me by not answering her text messages right now. Um, <laughs> I I I'm, I texted. I was like. Hello, hello. Oh, now it's a what? Now, now all of a sudden she hears it. Uh, <laughs> bolus, excuse me, point six. It's so funny. So when I talk about kind of just bumping and nudging and the timing of it, right? So Arden's blood sugar is one forty right now. But when I started trying to text her a half an hour ago and she didn't answer me, she was one twenty two, and I've never gotten a diagonal arrow. The arrow's not up. It's just it's this drift up. Yep. And so I just need a little more bump to get rid of it. And the timing, it's messed up now. If she, listen, it's not her fault. I'm not angry. But had she had she said, hey, what's up a half an hour ago, A, I would have used 0.4 instead of 0.6. So slightly less insulin. And this 140 never would have happened. And it and just and shows how much the timing means, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm dealing with the, you know, we had a, Johnny had a presentation this morning and he was in like the 80s. And so I had him have a little sugar. And then as soon as it was done, and when we started our call just now, he was like 160 and I've been fighting 160 for over an hour yeah. and he's down to 147, but it's like. Should I'm you just, have left the 80 alone, do you think? Probably. Yeah. What, what made you do it? You just didn't want him to get low while he was doing something at school in front of kids? You know, it's yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. I also I actually had anticipated him going up because of adrenaline because he had been nervous yeah. at breakfast. I also um, they don't have snack until ten, and he would not have stayed at eighty for two hours. You don't think? Oh no, just with experience with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even with the even with giving the presentation, you don't think that might have helped a little bit? No, because the presentation was over by eight fifteen. Gotcha. It was like he was so. But so, and we've been having, this is like one of the things, like we've been having some challenge with this pod and it's hard to know, is it the pod? Is it the site? It's always the like, site. It's just, it, it's the one thing. And I, I think I've been saying this a lot lately again, but where, where are all of our technology lacks is still the tubing, the cannula in, yeah. in every pump, not just one or the other. I'm not, I wouldn't point to one of them. That technology, that, that material is it's just not perfected yet. And your body sees it as a foreign object and it begins to attack it. The minute it goes in, it sends white blood cells to that site. There's infection. There's like, you know, a, a, like not infection, like, oh my God, pus and oozing and dying. But like, you know, your yeah. body sees that as, hey, something's stuck in my skin. And all the things that come with that, when they can design a material that, that I mean, I don't know if they ever will be able to, but the problem is, is that no one puts any effort into it. And uh, Aaron Kowalski was on a year ago from the JDRF and he said, he really thinks that's one of the very underserved parts of technologies that we're not studying the cannula material enough. Interesting. Yeah, so, well, it's always like we have always that debate. Is that you know we've also been having you know it's because you know, all over the diabetes reforms are about you know the problems people are having with the G6s, and it's like we either have an amazing G6 or we have a bad G6. Is it the site or is it the sensor? It's so funny. So uh, we've been using it a good long while now, um, right from the uh, the limited market release rollout, which I think was in June of 2018. 
Okay. And, and now I'm June, July, August, August. I mean, we're six months later. And I think I, I haven't had one issue that, that I've heard anybody say. And I always try to think of it like this. Like, I know it's the forums and it's a concentrated place where people with diabetes are, but people don't generally get online to say great stuff. You, you, you know, like, like so ha- they have, so once you see a couple people say, oh my God, this is the problem. I'm Even think about Omnipod for a second. I don't know how many users they have, but like, you know, it's hundreds of thousands of people using the Omnipod. If you see five people online saying, I'm having a real problem, you think to yourself, oh my God, there's a real problem. I saw five people talking about it. But the truth of the matter is that statistically, if 10,000 people were having a problem, it wouldn't be a lot of people. It would be to them, but it wouldn't be overall. It's such a weird thing to try to figure out. Um, well, you know, and you know, I, and, well, and we're kind of, we started in like mid to late June. So we're about four months into the G6. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had, we had a, they had to replace this first transmitter. They had it, they replaced it within 10 days. It was just a bad transmitter. Okay. Um, but you know, we've had in for the, over the summer, it was crazy because I would expect the summer where so much is going on in heat, we would have had problems with, with sensors. And it's only been since he's been back in school that we've had some quirks. Like we're, I think one, I think the way it must've just been swaying in his body. Like I don't think it stayed in a good spot because it was like, we had to pull it after four days. Um, the readings were just so inaccurate so it's interesting because you just said something that I'm fairly certain is is impossible, <laughs> that it was like swaying in his body. Like I think sometimes we all just – I'm a big fan of something doesn't work, just keep going. Like take it off, put another one on and keep going. Like I don't – I guess I don't spend a lot of time wondering what happened because I think the variables are so incredibly – many that it would just it's silly like I finally figured out one problem with Arden right like there was this time I kept thinking while Arden does her homework her blood sugar gets low and I was like that doesn't make any sense and so I finally realized that Arden was doing her homework on this bench where she would curl up in a ball and so she kind of pulled her knees up and her where her sense where her sensor was for her g6 it kind of mimicked a compression low even though she wasn't sitting on it and so one day I was just like, can you put your knees down for a second? And that was it. Interesting. And so it, so it wasn't – in that situation, the sensor was fine. Everything was fine. It was reporting correctly. It just was displacing her interstitial fluid. And, and I just like – that's what I – when you said it's been since he's at school, I'm like, I wonder if he's like – like I, I know it's as insane as that sounds. I wonder if something's changed about – that like is he sitting up against something is it body position does his is his book bag blocking his trans like i you never know the people at real good foods have been real busy adding more options for you their newest addition the breakfast sandwich comes in bacon or sausage of course you can always get the five inch chicken crust pizzas that come in personal supreme pepperoni and three cheese there's the seven inch chicken crust pizzas three cheese supreme and pepperoni again hmm Enchiladas, cheese, pork, chicken, and beef. Would you like a mixed case of enchiladas? You can do that too. Now what about the poppers? Bacon and cheddar, jalapeno and white cheddar, artichoke and cheese, pepperoni and mozzarella. Would you like a mixed case of poppers? You can get that too. Real good poppers, mixed case, four pepperoni and four jalapeno. That's eight poppers. Eight pops. Now, of course, the cauliflower crust pizza is everyone's favorite. Comes in cauliflower vegetable, pepperoni, margarita, and cheese. And you guessed it, a mixed case. Looks like there's some pepperoni snack bites here I haven't seen before. That must be new. So if you're looking for 
So if you're looking for high protein, low carbohydrate, so if you're looking for high protein, low carb options, Real Good Foods is a really good place to start. All you got to do is go to realgoodfoods.com. All you have to do is go to realgoodfoods.com and at checkout, use the offer code JUICEBOX to save 20%. That's amazing. If you ordered a million dollars worth of Real Good Foods, watch this. Hey Siri, what's 20% of a million? It's 200,000. Oh my God, you could save $200,000 on your next order at realgoodfoods.com by using the offer code JUICEBOX. For a more normal perspective, you'd save $20 off of 100. Yeah, and I'll, I will text him. Like, we at least now that, you know, he does, he's, um, we had spent the summer using summer camps to have a lot of data to show his endocrinologist that he could self care. Um, and since third grade, like, he has only seen the nurse once, and it was because I had to replace his pod. Nice. So he does everything in the classroom. So I'll sometimes you'll see that, like, I'll see like a real funky, like, drop, and I'll be like, I'll text him, and he has an Apple Watch, and I'll be like, okay, what did you just do? Did you move? Are you laying on the beanbag chairs? Because I exactly that kind of thing. I'm like, because typically if this G6 is like, you know, like right now, if I was still on the G4, I would have been like, oh, his G4 is broken. It's too steady. But I know with the G6, this number is accurate. We're just having, he's either got scar tissue, something's going on. I know I have to do a pod change tonight. I really want to try and get this one to last until tonight. We'll make it work. Yeah. No, I listen. I think that. I think the technology is stunning. I think it gets better and better every time, but I think you still have to remember you're taking something made of plastic and metal and taping it to yourself. <laughs> and then oh, and, yeah. and then it sticks under your skin and it's not the movies. Y you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just it, this this stuff works incredibly well as well as it can work with the technology that they have right now. Oh, I'm grateful yeah. for oh, it. Oh, I know Thank you goodness. are. Oh, I don't think you I don't think you aren't. I just it's it's tough because I do like having honest conversation like this. And at the same time, what I would want somebody to believe when this is over is that nothing you have said would ever have stopped me from using the stuff that I use. Like it's oh, such gosh, no. right over and above such an amazing accomplishment in, you know, in people's lives. It's just, I mean, if you go back and listen to these other uh, episodes with older people, you know, there are people boiling their own urine to test their blood sugar. There's people, you know, getting a, a drop of blood on their finger the size of their finger to test their blood sugar. There's, you know, people who used to use meters that probably didn't really even work that well. And, well, my husband's, my, yeah, my husband's stepmother has type 1, and she was diagnosed at 11, and she's in her 60s now. And she has said now she's probably going to get a Dexcom because she's, she's always done everything with injections. She mostly takes Lantus. She's like, but she goes, I see the what it has done for Johnny. And I want that for me. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's really amazing. So anyway, I just think there's a there's a line between understanding the limitations of the technology and understanding that those limitations don't mean that it's not absolutely the most amazing thing in the world. And, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is, I mean, don't wrong. Like, I these these are such little quirks. And when they're quirks, we just kind of go like, I agree with you. Like, we just kind of we pull it and go, let's get onto a new one because we want to get back to keeping him healthy. Yep. And like I said, I mean, the last seven months have just been a whole change for us. It's no, amazing. It's, cool. it's very, it's, so you are, it's funny when you, cause when you're talking, um, you know, about things not going well and everything, if you will give me, if you'll help me before the, before the pump and the CGM and everything, when you said things weren't going well and you really kind of didn't know what you were doing, what was your A1C in, what was the range of your A1C back then? We were typically keeping around, it was about 6.8, but I think the problem was is that the high highs and the low lows were offsetting each other. Okay. Okay. So that's what I wanted to understand because your number's not 
awkwardly high. And yeah. yet you were so, – so what was it happening is he was riding high a lot and then riding low a lot and then that average was getting thrown off in the A1. Yeah, so, like so. what you're saying. We would throw – we would throw – you know, we would throw stuff – you know, a high would get going and our high alarm – I mean – I, my high alarm at night was was set at 220, mm-hmm. which and because I was like, oh, as long as if he's 180 or you know at night, that's perfect. It was interesting that a year ago he was at a 6.8, and I changed. I decided on my own. I was like, you know, let me change my high alarm at night to 180, and and the three months after that he dropped down to 6.4. Yep. So so I think like it was kind of like we it was one of our first signs of like maybe that was it, but we couldn't. It was hard to catch. We just, you know, we would, you know, we would do our, we were very devoutly to the, you know, the carb counting. We weren't too much into like, we knew French fries had a kick later. Mm-hmm. Other foods, hard to say, but I think we would overcorrect. So then he'd get low and then you'd give, we probably would give a little too much to counter the low. And you just bounced up and down from there. Yeah. That's why the roller coaster episode made you upset. Be- because you were like, just, oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it also made me realize I had to get off it. Right, right. No, I it's I think listening to you is really interesting because it just because it it's hard to put into words really. But I'm really enjoying listening to you explain how you were feeling and what was going on because you were so close. Like we you know when you create a low by overbolusing, you weren't you probably weren't off by that much. You know, like when when I talk about pre-bolusing, you know, I usually talk about like tug of war, right? Like trying to maintain this like tug of war that nobody wins. And I somebody asked me the other day about, I don't understand. I was explaining to them like I like to see Arden's blood sugar lower and and coming down as the food starts working. Like I really like the insulin to be sort of in the power position when when the struggle starts. And I found myself explaining like a timeline. I'm like, imagine this this long timeline. And I'm, I stood up and I was like, so I'm going to walk along the timeline and I'm time moving. And I, was, I took one hand and I was like, this is the insulin. I took the other hand. I was like, this is the carbs. And I just started pulling down with the insulin. And I was like, now see, now see right here. Now, now the carbs are going to pull up. And I'm like kind of doing that struggle with my hands. But as I'm struggling and they're going back and forth fighting with each other, I'm walking down the timeline. I was like, and then you get to the end and it just stops. Food's out of your system, the insulin's out of your system, and this struggle's been happening, hopefully, at whatever blood sugar you started at. You know, yeah. when, when that struggle started at 70, then you might stay around there. If it started around 90, you might stay around there. If the insulin doesn't have enough power and the food gets out of hand, that's a spike. And if the insulin gets too far ahead of the food, that's a low. And, like, and I was doing all this stuff, and I was like, God, this is visual. I didn't realize how visual this could be. Um, you, you, you know, like, it really is... And I'm I'm picturing it as you're describing it. It's just, it's crazy that you were, so you would see a spike and how long would that spike last? Oh, you know, at least we had learned going into this that it would take two hours. Even a 180 takes two hours to come down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was like you and speaking to you about the tug of war is where I could visually see it. That's how you saw it. I, I would send him to school with a, a knot in my stomach because I had no idea where he would be that day. Okay. Just a horrible. And even that first month when we had thrown everything out and started over every day, he went to school with just a knot in my stomach. And I would just sit there and I would so, so watch his numbers and be like, okay, can we just get to snack today where you don't get a low? Um, because again, he would have to miss class to go to the health office to deal with anything. Um, and you know, we were pre bolusing by that point, at least at breakfast 
Mm-hmm. But the, the school was not set up to have him pre-bolus for lunch. Okay. Okay. And was the pre-bolus at breakfast working? Um, so we, we learned the hard, you know, like <laughs> when we got the Dexcom, we had, a, we had an issue when he, he was finishing pre-K before he had the Dexcom. He had, he ate breakfast. At that time, we were not pre-bolusing. He went to class. Um, the school calls me because a substitute came in and had seen his medical orders and insisted he got finger before PE. And they call me and they're like in a panic because they're like, he's 450. So I race over to the school, give him some insulin, not knowing this whole tug of war thing. And an hour and 20 minutes later, his teacher carried him into the health office, almost passed out. And his blood sugar was 38. Yeah. Yeah. That's so we got the Dexcom and we learned every day after breakfast, he was going up to 450. So we started with shots pre bolus or at least breaking up his breakfast shot, mm-hmm. some before the breakfast and some after. What was he eating at breakfast? We stay away from cereal. Uh, so, but he loves, I love to bake. Right. So muffins and pancakes and waffles and bagels. And, you, you, know. and you kind of thought back then, prior to having a CGM, you thought, okay, I've put in, I've counted the carbs. I've put in the insulin. I pre-bolused it a little bit. That man said, I have to pre-bolus or I'll never, you know, do anything. And you were like, okay, this must be okay. And then finally someone says, hey, look, uh, isn't it funny? Like a, a sub just says, look, I'm not going to let this kid go to, to gym unless he does a fingerprint because that's his in the orders. You yep. find out he's 450. Did it just, were you shocked by that? Yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate I grew from home and I am five like five seconds from the school so i you know i race over there in a complete panic i'm like 450 oh my god you know let me give you insulin we gotta get you down and then you know i'm an hour and 20 minutes later i'm at the gym and i get a call from like the district nurse who says okay i get a text and she's like he's really low and that's all the text says and i call and i'm like what do you mean she's like well he's 38 i'm like what do you mean he's 38 like how did that happen? So that was like on our final point. We're like, all right, let's get this Dexcom. We, you know, we've gone a year without it. We don't know how often this is happening. Let me jump in and say that I think a lot of people might be inclined to think, well, yeah, he went to gym and that's why his blood sugar went down. His blood sugar didn't go down that far because of gym. His blood sugar went down because you gave him more insulin again. Exactly. Well, and the problem was that he probably was on his way down, but we can see it. Mm -hmm. And then what I gave him just plummeted more. Okay. Now fast forward to today. You have, you have different technology of a different mindset. How does that, how does that breakfast go now? So now we do a pre-bolus 20 minutes ahead. We give him 85% at 20 minutes and then he gets the rest over an hour Okay. and he can eat. We still kind of try to stick away from cereals um, and just in general. And he eats otherwise whatever else he wants. And he peaks at one thirty maybe 140. We'll change the meal. He has PE at 8:30 in the morning, two days a week. Mm-hmm. So those days we'll do more of a eggs, bacon kind of thing. Okay. To give him the extra fat because they play hard at PE. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that's in such a short amount of time you went from someone's carrying your half lifeless kid uh, to, the, yep. to the office to being able to um, you know, properly bolus for a waffle or a pancake or something like that and send your kid off to school and not see a blood sugar over 130. That's really and I'm not, And I don't have the pit in my stomach anymore. And I don't check his numbers unless, like I have my range now set like at 95 to 130 mm-hmm. just so I can catch anything that's about to get out of control. Right. But otherwise, like I think the other day, I didn't, hadn't checked my phone for like an hour and I was surprised. Yeah, I really don't look it often at all. I actually look more while I'm 
recording the podcast because it's on my I have it on my computer screen so I can kind of see it. And I, yeah. and I think sometimes it helps the conversation. So, but for most of the day, if Arden's in, ra- in the range that we choose, I don't spend any time checking on it. Like that just, that doesn't exist for me. Yeah. And, and like, and I have mine up right now because I'm like, he's finally 131 and I want him down more and I just can't, he, something's just going on today. Right. Right. But that's really cool. Like, I mean, it, it's just such a, it's such a change. You, you know what I mean? Like you describe uh, like confusion and, and a loss for what to do down to like, I can do pancakes now. Like that's really, that's really cool. What, what was the, what, what do you think the main, do you think it's the technology? Do you think if you got the technology before you met me, you would have figured it out on your own? I feel like, I think you helped give us the push um, I think you helped give us bringing the whole thing full circle. The equipment helped, but even, you know, by the time I had spoken to you, he'd been on the pump eight months mm-hmm. and we still weren't getting it quite right. Yeah. I mean, we were still, we were doing temp basils and, you know, we were, I had even read, you know, sugar surfing. I had started to read it. I had bought it like two years before, sometime before, but mm-hmm. it sat on my Kindle. Yeah. So I was like, uh, whatever this is, I don't know what this is. Um, and we were just, I think all of us, Johnny, myself, and my husband, we were just at a point where we were like, okay, we knew we also had to be able to prove to the school that he had to do it on his own. And so something significant had to change to get there. Right, right. It's, I, I find the highs, the highs that you had prior to kind of pulling together and understanding better, I find you're scarier than a stable oh, yeah. high. Like I would, yeah. like I, if... Uh, Arden's A1C for a very long time was in the eights, but what it just meant was her blood sugar was, you know, around 200 or so all the time. Um, but we didn't have like scary lows, but you were having four fifties and, and, and fifties and three hundreds and fi- like that. Yeah. He must've felt like, and I, I don't want to make you upset obviously, but, no, but, you're well, but he, he must've felt crappy. Like most oh, of he the did. time. I mean, yeah, I yeah. would, I'd get, I'd get the calls that it was really bad. when I was in first grade because PE was right before, um, they get out early on, on Wednesdays here at like 1240 mm-hmm. and he had PE at 1130 and I'd get a call from the nurse at 12 o'clock. They're like, he has a raging headache and he feels like he's going to throw up. Come get him. Yeah. We had to finally pull him from PE on those days and, and have him sit. And his blood and sugar was bouncing around, right? It was bouncing all over the place. He would, you know, and, and now just, I mean, he, he just, he lights up and he's like, mom, I don't miss school. I my you know, cause it also used to be the nurse would call over the intercom. The whole class would get interrupted with the phone call that he had to go do something. He doesn't like the attention on him. Yeah. He, well, so well, now Will Johnny yeah. report to the office? That's exactly sucks. And by the way, the name of this episode, in case you're wondering, I love it. <laughs> and so, uh, but 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 no, I mean, just so many little things that add up to one big thing have changed for him. And, well, and, and you know, it's it's really, I'm just very happy for you. That's amazing. Well, and so and so, you know, for us, the like, I'm near tears because I'm so I'm so proud of him. But I mean, you know, he had 5.9 A1C in April, and he was 5.5 a week ago. Wow, that's cool. and, and his doctor called up and he's like, you guys got it. Like, he, he's like, I don't know what else to say. You guys, you just, you figured it out. Yeah, you should have said it was when you guys yelled at us. We really, that really helped. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? Isn't it an interesting situation? When you're with them a little longer, you maybe could say to them at some point, 
I, I, I'm happy that you see that we got it, but you realize we got it with literally no help from you whatsoever. And here's what actually helped us. Maybe you could tell other people this. Well, and so, and I have, and so lately, like I told him, I told him about your podcast. We've started to get a little more involved with JDRF around here. We're doing the big walk on Sunday. We told, we went to a Dodger game event. We told them they hadn't heard about it. Like um, there's a new family in our community who just got diagnosed last week. I told that family because I'm like, go here, just listen to these, like, just listen to him and listen to the people he's speaking to. You're going to get something from it. That's cool. No, I appreciate that. And I think it just, it's, it goes back to the idea of community from the beginning. You yes. just need to find somebody. I, you know, there's nobody really in our life, you know, I, I'm not connected personally to anybody who has type one, like nobody that lives near me, you know, or, or anything like that. So my connection to type one is, is through this podcast and the blog and stuff like that as well. And, and it just, it's incredibly helpful. It helps me. You yeah. know, there are times I'm going, when I'm going to go to a JDRF event in Cincinnati this weekend, and I'm bringing a ton of these bold with insulin magnets for people's refrigerators. Now I'm bringing them because people are going to ask me, how do I get the podcast? And I don't want to tell everybody. I'm going to be like, here, take this, stick it to your refrigerator. <laughs> but the truth is I have one stuck to my refrigerator. And it's not there because I need a magnet. It's there because I need to look up and remember, too. I have to keep being aggressive. I have to keep doing the things that I know work. You know, I can't get thrown off by something just being out of the ordinary. Like, I'm telling you that three months ago, when Arden's insulin needs just skyrocketed. And I thought, I, 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 I was tempted to question what I was doing for a second. And I just stopped and I was like, no, I'm like, it's not, I didn't do something wrong. Nothing changed for whatever reason. She needs more insulin. Who cares why? Doesn't matter why. Let me make sure I give her more insulin. So we upped her basal rates. We upped her, you know, you know, how much we give at a meal. I was going to say insulin to carb ratio. I don't even know Arden's insulin to carb ratio. I'm just, mm -hmm. I would, I would, uh, you know, uh, evaluate a meal. And instead of saying eight, I'd go uh, 11, <laughs> you know, and people might listen and think, well, where did that number come from? And what I got to tell you is I tried eight the week before, and then it took three more to bring it down. So 11 next time, you, you know, and, and I just kept pushing and kept pushing. That was pancakes that I mentioned earlier in the podcast that took 23 units if she eats those pancakes again next week, it's going to be back to the needs from before. Something, she was sick, she's growing. There was, there was a confluence of things going on at the same time that created this need. But we were still actually able to do it. And well, it, Yeah. Go ahead. And and it, like, well, like you're saying, like, that's what we did this week. Like For the last three days, like Monday through Wednesday this week, Johnny was just for lunch. He started going up for lunch. He would stay high. I was like, okay, that's it. I just going to increase his temp basal two hours before I'm changing his lunch carbs. And that did it yesterday. Yeah. That just broke the cycle. I'm just going to tell you that during this period of time, I saw high blood sugars. I haven't seen in years and, wow. and I still just kept being aggressive with them and still got a five, six, a one C without lows. So, and I'm talking about like now all of a sudden, you know, usually when I tell you Arden's blood sugar is high in my mind, Arden's blood sugar is high. It's one fifty to one, 70 that to me is high and I'm, I'm i'm usually like uh what did i do there you know and i like let me figure out how to fix it for next time over 180 maybe i'll see a spike to 200 once in a while but i can get it back right away but i'm talking about blood sugars that went to 200 220 and sat for a while and oh, wow. and i was pouring insulin on her and nothing was happening and so still without lows by being aggressive a1c under six and no and still no no restrictions on what she ate so in a moment when she was growing and needed that food, 
I was able to give it to her. When, you know, you might think that what might happen is you start going, oh, well, why don't we just do less carby stuff during this time and everything. They, she needed that food. She was, she went from what she normally eats to eating more. And I think she needed it. I think she's growing. Arden is, um, at the moment, 14 years old and 5'5". Five, five. And oh, wow. by, by the time someone hears this, by the way, it'll be six months from now. But but And she weighs, I think, like 120 pounds. 18 months ago, Arden was five, one and a half and weighed like 90 pounds. Yeah, that's like, and we, that's where we're dealing with Johnny. It's like, it was one of the things, it was a, it was kind of a good thing he got diagnosed because we had realized that before that he'd only gained about like a, oh gosh, like a pound and a half in between for 18 months. Since then, he is now, I think they told me he's like just, he's like four foot 10 and he's like 69 pounds. Like he's the tallest kid in third grade. Cool. He, and those, and it's those growth spurts too, where we're like, the same thing. Like my husband will always say, okay, be bold with the insulin. Like, let's just tackle this. Yeah. You can't figure it out. You just got to figure out how to go forward. Arden went from the 10th percentile for height to the 75th in a year and a half. Yeah. It's just, and she <laughs> needed that. She needed that food. She needed to be able to eat unfettered when she was hungry. Yeah. And, and it's just, I'm just really grateful to be able to do it for her. You, you know, well, and, that's, really and that's how I feel too. Like, cause we don't have restrictions. So he gets to eat what he wants. Like we went to Walt Disney world this summer and he got to have whatever he wanted because we had more confidence that we were going to prevent the spikes. I'm glad for you. I really am. I listen, Arden left, um, Halloween was the other night. And a couple of her friends came over and they threw to, you know, they put their costumes on and they went out at like 7.30. And at 7.30, she's like, I'm going to go. And that was the first time I thought, well, what's your blood sugar? And she looked and she's like, it's 80. And I said, okay. I was like, well, do like a temp basal decrease for like 50% for an hour. And she's like, okay. And she left. And I remember she was walking out thinking, I should have done that like a half an hour ago. This isn't going to work, you know. And think a half an hour later, I got a little, little beeping and Arden's like drifting under 70. And I was like, hey, reach into that bag and eat some candy. <laughs> so, um, and I'm not with her. She's off wandering around with friends. And a couple minutes later, the blood sugar is to 60. And I texted her back. And I was like, what would you eat? And she, I forget what it was, but it was something with chocolate. I'm like, hey, less chocolate, more sugar. And, you know, like, like more straight sugar. I'm like, look for something shiny that looks like, you know, plastic. Like, like that, kind of, that kind of sugar. And so she had something else. And her blood sugar kind of, like, leveled up. But then it hung. And I said, and she texted me. And she goes, I'm thirsty. I was like, if you're thirsty, just drink the juice you have with you. So she drank her juice. And her blood sugar went, like, back up to, like, 85. And she got home and she was 90. And when she got home, she's like, I'm really hungry. And I was like, okay, maybe she's really hungry, but my in my gut, what I think is her blood sugar is going to try to go back down again. Like her hunger is a lot of times a precursor for her for a blood sugar fall. Like she's yeah. you know, and so I was like, yeah, great. So she like had a salad. She took a whole bunch of stuff together, and she's eating it and eating it and eating. It. And I'm like, she's not really taking in that many carbs, but look how much she's eating. I didn't give her any insulin for what she had, even though there were some carbs in. You know, she didn't just have a salad; she had some other stuff too. And it was good. It was a great blood sugar. It was like a hundred by the time she went to bed. And I was like, that's impressive. I was like, great. But it was all just timing. Like at the end here. And I, I, I want to say that I haven't said it enough over the episodes, but when I talk about, it, you have to time the insulin. You have to, you, there's a way to do the food that way too. You can time the food too. Like there's, you know, people used to call it free food. It's like, Hey, what can I eat for free? We can't really eat anything for free, but there are moments where, you're um, you've almost pre-bolused a meal 
by mistake. Like her walk yeah. and her trick or treating was a pre bolus to eat. And as long as she didn't take in too many carbs, had I given her pasta at that moment, obviously she would have needed, you know, insulin, but she was having a salad with some croutons and a little bit of other stuff. I'm like, this stuff has been pre bolus already. Not that it's free, you know, but the walking and, you know, we use some simple sugars to kind of artificially hold her blood sugar up while she was out. I was like, I think she could do this. That is not something I thought I ever would have been able to have before this podcast. Oh, Walt Disney World this summer would have made me so nervous if we weren't like this. Because that was the same thing with all the walking and the heat. Like, he, it just made it easier and less nervous yeah, to let sure. him eat what he wanted. Oh, good for you. There you go. You got him down finally. Oh, so, yeah, finally. Is that is that under 95? It is 95. He just did a 27-point drop, so he must have played hard at recess today. <laughs> it's really cool. I, I just I can't tell you how happy I am for you when, or how much I appreciate you coming on the podcast and speaking about all this. I really do uh, appreciate oh, your you. time. And um, and please thank your husband, too, for helping set up with the headphones and stuff earlier. <laughs> Absolutely. But again, but, you know, just... Just thank you for what you're doing because, like I said, and thank you for taking the time that day to talk to me because I don't think we'd be where we were if I had not been able to actually talk to you. I am just sorry that I didn't realize that you were you until halfway into this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really apologize. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As you said it, I was like, don't bring it up. It makes you sound like an idiot. And, and I thought, no, let me be honest with her. First of all, thank you very, very much. I genuinely think that people just need help. Like, they, it's, it's, it's too difficult to be put into a situation like this with no tools, no ideas, not even a roadmap, and to be told by somebody, hey, here's a bag of needles. You figure this out, and then we'll let you do better after that. Like, I don't even understand what that means. Like, Why would you? It'd be like putting a four-year-old in a car and being like, drive down the street. And when they crash 10 feet into it, opening the door and yelling, you're a terrible driver. You know, like, like it's just like, you can't put me in a situation where I have no ability to succeed and give me the pressure of the health of my child or myself on top of all that and 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 just expect anything so it's i don't hard, yeah. yeah i don't think i did anything except put things into context for you honestly well, i think you just you opened our eyes you got us thinking down the right path we had to do the work we had to figure it out we had to figure out what worked for him but you just gave us the direction for sure well, I was glad to have it to give to you. That's well, all. That's you. really, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. And thank California for me while you're out there. I will. <laughs> really, really bump up my download numbers. I appreciate that. Don't forget dancingfordiabetes.com for your chance to have a private conversation with me. Of course, omnipod.com forward slash juice box to get a pod experience kit absolutely free with no obligation sent to your home. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box so you can tackle waffles. And to save 20% on your entire order at realgoodfoods.com, use the offer code JUICEBOX. And please accept my thanks for your support of the sponsors, because obviously they allow the show to stay free and available to you every week. So I thank you for checking them out. And guess what I have coming next week? The next installment of Diabetes Pro Tips with CDE Jenny Smith. Get excited. And if you haven't listened to the first six, now is the time to go back. It's a series. They connect you're going to want to hear them. Sure, you'll see one of them. It's like, oh, it's about MDI. I'm not on MDI. But they all connect. You need to see them. You wouldn't have skipped two episodes of Lost back in the 2000s, would you? No. Then you wouldn't have known anything. Like a monster full of smoke would have come through. And you would have been like, what in God's name is that thing? And you know why you didn't know? Because you skipped the MDI episode. Thanks again for listening, guys. Hey, and thanks for the great reviews on iTunes. I'll talk to you soon.